0: Welcome to the GM's Corner. This is a Brewster baseball podcast where, as a general rule, we put general managers on the hot seat to make them squirm. But today what we're going to do is a sim review. My guest today for his second time on the show is Justin Niles, the general manager of the Omaha Hawks, or the Omaha Hawks as their fans like to call them. So welcome, Justin. Thank you for uh, spending your time with me again here today. Absolutely. Excited to be here. It's an uh, extremely interesting time around the league right now. We've gotten ourselves deep into June, and the All-Star break is coming up just around the corner. Lots of really interesting things going on right now. Uh, what's the first thing that you notice when you start looking at the last week of our
1: ballgames? Well, a, a couple of huge things going on here, just, just news coming across the wire. Long Beach today signed signed Carlos Gonzalez to a six-year deal worth eighty-four million dollars. That's a huge deal for for Long Beach to keep you know what, what some would call their franchise star in Long Beach and you know, avoid free agency.
0: What are your thoughts about that?
1: Well, they're going to have to get creative in the coming seasons, just as far as money goes. But I think it's great. I think he's probably going to play his entire career at Long Beach. Uh, this contract takes until he's thirty-six, and you know he's already in their in their top ten leaderboards and in, in most of the hitting categories, and he has a chance to easily be one of the top three players in Long Beach history. I think. Yeah, I think it's
0: a uh, intriguing contract. Also, in that sense, at fourteen million a year. You look at the guy at twenty nine. He's probably a four, four and a half WAR hitter right now. He had that huge year back when he was what twenty six or something like that. I, I don't think you're going to expect to see that kind of a number from him any particular time. But he's the kind of a hitter who can go and hit like that at fourteen million a year. That's three and a half million a war, roughly, so that's probably not horrible. Uh, The only real risk side of it is that he's got player options going out two thirty six, And so if you get a Leon Sandcastle kind of an aging curve, this is a fantastic contract. If you get more of a guy who drops off at 31, 32, then it's got a bit of a risk side to it. But at the end of the day, I thought it was a fantastic deal on all sides and probably pretty well done. So uh, kudos to Long Beach for that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he has 22 home runs already this year. Uh, he's getting on base at about a 350 eclipse. So he's, he's doing pretty well to start this year. And if they can get four or five, Five more out of him for the next three four years, it might be a, a win all around.
0: What else jumps out at you?
1: The Pacific is down this year. And I, w- I was going to mention that, yes, they're down, but they're not out. They're coming back because their bottom five teams, California, Seattle, Valencia, Edmonton, and Vancouver, they're all in the top 11 for top systems. And so they're there ready to come up when they can come up. But Seattle just actually had a little bit of bad luck. Their center fielder, who some thought was going to debut this year, actually just retired to go play college basketball. He was getting on base at nearly 50%, which was crazy for AAA. He decided to run off and play basketball, so that that's a tough blow for them.
0: Yeah, I think Seattle's got a, an interesting situation to deal with. Clearly, I thought they were going to be a much more powerful team at the beginning of this year than than they've turned out to be. And I think that the uh, difficulty that they've had is actually a surprise to Nathan Egan as uh, general manager there. I, I saw that his initial reaction to the retirement of uh, what's the guy's name, Jin Ku Long, was to be uh, baffled and saying, hey, well, if, you, if you wanted to go play basketball, it's fine with me. <laughs> Just have him play baseball, too. So I think that's that's an oddity that just can never plan for. As far as the Pacific is concerned, they're definitely down and struggling. You take away their top two teams. California is a surprise to be as down as they are. I'm really enjoying the conversation on the board about best division in baseball when we all know that the Heartland is still the, the strongest without any question. If you take a look at the JLS that uh, Randy and and our commissioner was on a few days ago talking about how great the JLS is, I mean, they're just beating the heck out of the Frick League Pacific is what's happening. That's why their numbers are so big. The Atlantic and the Heartland are playing each other, and the Pacific and the South are playing each other. And so, yes, they're beating up on Huntsville, and they're beating up on Hawaii, and they're beating up on Edmonton, they're beating up on Vancouver and Valencia, and so their numbers look pretty good. When really I think that the dynamic is the Atlantic versus the Heartland, and uh, we'll see what happens as the rest of the year goes. It's a fun conversation anyway, just because the teams don't play each other that often.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I agree completely with that. And you know, Havana's quite a quite a story as well. I, I was I was taking a look at Havana just because they have played so well this year, and it's all because of their starting pitching. And I I truly don't think that their starting pitching is as good as it as it shows it is right now. John Reed is has. Had a completely lucky year. His V.A. B.I.P. is only about 230. So his ERA's got to go up as the season continues. Leon Ramirez, also in the rotation, he's walking a crazy amount of batters. But he's he's getting lucky and stranding a crazy amount of them as well. You know, you can't continue to walk more than nine batters in nine innings on average and expect to have an ERA as low as his is. His ERA's at 2.97 right now, uh, yet his whip's at 1.5 essentially. That's just absurd. The the other three guys in the rotation, I think, are are actually legit stars. But those two in in Havana are so overachieving that I can't
0: believe it. Yeah, it's an interesting question because, I mean, not to run down the Havana rotation, they've got some fantastic-looking young pitchers. But they're, they're feasting on Huntsville. They're beating Vancouver. They've played Seattle, and Seattle has taken them. At the end of the day, I, I think I think their schedule is going to get a lot tougher as they get into the second half of the season. And they have not really played uh, Las Vegas as much as they have played some of the other teams. And Vegas is clearly on the, uh, the warpath right now, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Another factor that I noticed, uh, I think there's two hidden things that nobody's been talking about right now as far as the Johnson League this week. Havana's lost Reese Wareham, their shortstop, who may be the offensive player they could least afford to lose. He's got a herniated disc now and he's out for several weeks. And uh, Atlantic City also lost their uh, amazing sudden superstar Glenn Gorman to a fractured finger, and he's out for, I think it's five weeks or six weeks, I can't remember. So those two teams have taken a sudden downturn and lost a couple of extremely important players to them, so I'm intrigued to see how the teams are going to respond to those. I think of the two, in my mind, the biggest issue is Reese Wareham, because he's almost irreplaceable as as a shortstop there for Havana.
1: Absolutely. I, I do think that with Havana, I think that Ozragi and, and Rafael, they're both outstanding pitchers and they're 21 years old. They're going to be a scary one-two punch coming up, and I think Havana has a, I think they have what a six-game lead right now over New Orleans. I just don't see them relinquishing that over the next half of the season. I, I do think New Orleans will make the playoffs. I think they're going to get in as a wild card, but I, I don't see Havana losing the Southern Division.
0: That's why they end up playing the games. I'm extremely intrigued about the whole JL Southern Division. It just did not go off in the way that I was expecting, and I think Phoenix is an extremely interesting, interesting candidate there. I, I just don't know what to make of Phoenix yet. Matt said he was. On the Phoenix train, I'm not off the Phoenix train, but you just don't know what's going to happen here in the JL Southern at all. Where and you look at the uh, a group like the Atlantic, the most interesting number in the JL Atlantic right now is 15, and that's the number of games that the Nashville Goats have lost in a row.
1: Right, right. I've seen that. Right. Uh, what What do you think the over under is on 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 them for the year? Are they going to win 55? That's probably the right over-under.
0: I don't know. They might win 56, 57. They might win 53, 54. I don't think they're as good as they looked at the very beginning, (laughs) right, because they uh – if you take 15 games away, they're what, forty they're 28 and 37. I don't think they're a 28 and 37 team, but I also don't think they're a 28 and 52 team. So I'm going to, I would go over on that 55 and it might be as high as 59 or 60, but it, it wouldn't take a whole lot for them to be below that 55. So if the over-under is probably between 55 and 57, what do you think?
1: I think that they're going to be right around 55. I think they're probably going to sell a couple of their players off. I did notice Luis Miguel Carrillo is on the trade block. Tough catcher for him. His contract's up at the end of the year. He could probably help out a playoff team. There's not a whole lot of other players right now that have really increased their value. Um, I mean, they have a young guy. They have Curry in center field, but he's not going anywhere. He's young enough. I, I think the 55 is about the right number for Nashville this year.
0: Alrighty, let's close up this week in review with a quick touch on Omaha. How are you feeling about your ball club as far as this last week or so has gone? Things that we can perhaps expect to see as we cross through the All-Star break?
1: Well, we've had a rough year. I mean, we haven't got out the gate like I wanted to do. Somebody that's really... Pitching well for us right now is John Chandler. He's got his ERA under four now. He was over six at one point during the month of June. His ERA is 2.97, so I mean he had a really good June. And in May it was 3.35. He had a, he had a rough start of the year, and you know he's kind of leading our staff right now. Um, we did call call Spike Wagner up. He's an interesting fella. His ERA is now at 7.11. He had a, a horrible outing, his first outing with an ERA over 16, and his last outing he kept his ERA under. Just under 1.2. So, uh, I mean, jury's still out on him, obviously. He's a young fella that's that's hopefully going to help us out for a bit. We have struggled in center field. Jimmy Starks being out obviously hurt us. Carson Stoller, uh, we were ready to call him up and, and let him anchor our rotation. But him being out has hurt us as well. We're sitting about three games over our expected record right now. But we just haven't been able to consistently win. And we play in the Heartlands, the top division.
0: Do those uh, injuries to the kids affect – are you pretty much kind of thinking about sliding the whole master plan back a year, or are you still –
1: I don't think we were in position to necessarily buy this year. I don't think we really have enough to sell. Um, we have very few movable parts. You know, we have Chandler that we could move. We have Soto and, and Cologne that we can essentially move. But otherwise, we have enough young kids that we don't really feel like we need to sell to uh, show some sort of progress here. Uh, we haven't been consistently able to win, like I said. So it, the, the jury's still really out. You know, we have a couple weeks still till the trade deadline. And so nothing's really decided. Uh, Morales at second base is heated up. Buck Munoz at first base is really heated up. Rojas has done a good job in center field since Starks went down. Uh, We still have Barajas in left field. So we'll we'll see what happens. The
0: uh, rubber is going to hit the road here in the next couple of weeks for a lot of teams in the league starting to assess their players. It will be extremely interesting to see how July goes. The conversation I had with Matt last week about his young team. Uh, I don't have the cornerstone on uh, outstanding philosophy here, but as a general rule, young teams tend to get better as the year goes along just because, you know, experience and progress. And so I think that uh, teams like yours and Mexico City, both very young teams, underperforming a little bit of expectation at the beginning of the year, just like Las Vegas is starting to to crank up. Would be extremely interesting to see uh, how the how the world looks in another month.
1: Absolutely, and it's it's you know the the Frick League wild card came down to the last day last year, and it looks like it's about to do that again. There's six teams that are within four and a half games of that last wild card spot.
0: There you go. Alrighty, well, thank you for uh, taking the time for this uh, quick pitch. Look at the league here at the end of, Sam, what is this, 13, I think? 12 or 13.
1: I, I just want to throw one more thing out real fast. No, oh, uh, go ahead. It's uh, got Leon Sandcastle of the Hustlers and Armando Reyes of the Jackrabbits. They both are within one home run of joining the 400 home run club. And um, Ricardo Hernandez of Atlanta City is about to cross the 200 stolen base mark, and he's 24 years old. So he's somebody to watch for, see how many stolen bases he ends up with is, in his career.
0: Always interesting to take a look at those leaderboards. Here's the most arcane, out-of-the-way leaderboard to look at: Double A career home runs. Carlos Duran of my Double A Santa Clara Spartans is either six or nine. I have to look it up again. Uh, home runs away from being number two on the all-time Double A list. Number one will almost never be matched because it was a gentleman who was in Double A for like 20 years. He was in California's uh, organization. Let me look it up here real quick, just because.
1: I think you're looking for Robert Bradford.
0: Robert Bradford, yes, indeed, he was playing double A all up to all the way up to age
1: 38. So he's like the uh, Crash Davis plus of of the league. Just talking about records for a second. Carlton Winston of the Jimmies is on pace for 71 home runs. Current record, 73, set back in 1986. And he's also on pace for 170 RBI, and the current record is 182, held by Chamberlain, also in 86. Oh, my goodness. Does he break either one of those? Does he break either one this year? Oh, my goodness. I, w- I was not
0: actually looking at that. Um, brrr. That'll be fun to
1: watch. I don't, I don't have a prediction. That'll be fun to watch. I would. Steve Dempsey in, in Madison is on pace for 251 hits, just five short of the hits record by Holton Blackwell in 2029. So there's some there's some records that could be broken this year if these guys can keep up their pace. That's one of the great things about these
0: quick hits is that you get to take a look at things that you never would have thought about. So outstanding stuff there, Justin. Thank you. righty. well we'll bring this one to a close. Uh, or do you have anything else? I don't believe so. I think we're I think that's it. Excellent. We'll bring this to a close, and uh, uh, we'll see everyone again shortly. The Brewster Baseball Association is an out-of-the-park baseball league commissioned by Mr. America himself, Matt Reckonwald, and competed in by 28 outstanding GMs. You can check us out at montybrewster.net. You have been listening to The GM's Corner, a podcast where we put BBA GMs on the hot seat. I hope you loved it as much as I did making it. Music is Cool Piano by and is used under creative commons attribution license see you next time be safe and always remember don't trade with louisville